Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you in the producer chair. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummers Wolf. In Hummers Wharf, rather, and online at sunburymotors.com. Well, it finally happened. Carson Wentz, the era in Philadelphia, officially over as Carson Wentz is now heading to the Colts, according to Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen of ESPN, NFL Network. It is for a 2021 third-round pick and a 2022 second-round pick that can become a first-round pick if Wentz plays 75% of the snaps next year or 70% of the snaps and the team makes the playoffs. So, as I've said and kind of waiting to see how this would finally play out, knowing it was inevitable. But the longer it played out, the more that the Eagles were screwing this up. And it's fitting that they even screwed up the trade of a guy that they epically screwed up and is going to go down as one of the, probably the biggest failure in franchise history. And we've talked about that before. We don't necessarily need to deal with all that. But the trade itself... I'm not necessarily surprised about the draft pick compensation. That is, that's whatever. But the fact that they didn't act quickly enough where they could have gotten a decent player or two in return, that's where I have the problem. You're still giving up a guy that was once deemed a franchise quarterback. I get where he's been lately. But I think everybody knows the upside that Carson Wentz could have with either a new coach and or a new a new team just starting a, a new chapter in his career and kind of take out what happened. So there's the leverage the Eagles could have used them, but because they waited so long, we've been having this conversation for what, two weeks now? Because they waited so long, they lost all their value day after day after day. And they don't get and this is what they get in return. Not great. Like I said, the draft picks itself, fine. But the fact that they didn't get at least a decent player on defense, offense, whatever, in return, that's atrocious. So once again, it is fitting that this front office, who totally destroyed this quarterback, totally messed up this trade. It really is just fascinating. And now we officially see where the team moves goes on. 
Is it going to be Jalen Hurts? One would one one yeah. that has logic would think, Steve, because you you trade you used a second round I pick just, that created this whole mess. But I don't know. You, I just wanted to give you a moment to rejoice. <laughs> I'm not rejoicing at all. I'm not happy with this. I'm not that really that happy with this deal. Does anything make you happy? <laughs> I mean, when, yeah. when you created Beautiful. the track record they yeah. have, no. It yeah. takes a lot to make me happy, yeah. Beautiful wife. <laughs> Beautiful child. <laughs> and just constantly unhappy. How could you be with that setup? From a sports sense. How about that? <laughs> I couldn't help myself. But in retrospect, we do have a, we do have a big show today. Yes, we do. But we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, we do have Matt Leon today. We got Mike Kosicki today. Uh, so, yeah, we got a lot going on. Uh, Thon's coming up. That's why we got Mike coming up on the show today. And, uh, but yeah, no, we have we do have a big show today. Matt Leon will be talking about the aforementioned trade, which has spawned so much hate on this show. It's unbelievable. <laughs> to be okay, but in all seriousness, they got about what I thought they would get for him. Not what you wanted to hear. Oh, at this point, yeah, because they dragged it on so long. But yeah, at yeah. this point, I'm not surprised what they got. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I think they, I think they got what I thought they would get from day one, not because they dragged it out. No, 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 no. I think this is, this is where they are. Now the, the I think they're in an interesting spot because they're drafting sixth. Well, who's to say they don't trade down with somebody? Get a first this year and get a first next year, and then suddenly, and if the Wentz thing pans out, because that second can become a first. Right. Okay? The second can become a first. And if that happens, you could end up with three first-round picks next year. It is an intriguing thought, and that actually would be half a logical idea. That's why I'm here. I can, <laughs> but will they do that? Is the question. I can do half logical ideas all day long. That's what makes this a sports talk show. Okay, <laughs> most of these things are filled with half baked ideas. <laughs> so, who do you think has the better legacy, LeBron or Brady? Okay, the world of talk radio. We're going to talk for hours about that. And you wonder why people aren't listening. You got it. Okay, good. Uh, but they got what I thought they'd get for them. I really did. I I thought that they would not get a first round pick out of it. Now they can because he has to play. What they have to make the playoffs. Well, it's two scenarios. It's either or, he plays seventy five percent, seventy five percent of the games exactly. But he still has to play seventy percent of the snaps if they make the playoffs. Right. And these are your people. I don't understand why you have such a lack of confidence in them. (laughs) (laughs) 
We'll find out from Dave Zagaro in the next hour why you don't have any confidence in him. And we got Matt Leon as well. For Wentz, this is the best scenario for him. He is going to uh, a team and to a coach that he trusts. That's a big part of this, you know? I mean, the trust part. Hey, everybody coming in, he doesn't know them. He doesn't know Brian Johnson, who's the uh, new offensive coordinator. He doesn't know these people. Okay? Frank Reiche knows. Frank Reiche trusts. And when it comes to trust, Matt doesn't trust Howie Roseman at all. That's right. And trust is very important, don't you think? Absolutely, especially with your fan base. <laughs> I mean, they could knock it out of the park with that second pick. You don't know which could be a first-round pick. But here, but here's the interesting part about the first-round pick. Say it ends up being a first-round pick because they make the playoffs or um, – and, and he plays the 75%, right? Well, if they make the playoffs, that first-round pick is going to be in the mid to late 20s. You and I both know there's really only 15 genuine first-round picks in every draft. Right. Now, I'm only saying that to fuel your anger. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's still it's you'd still put yourself in a good spot because you don't necessarily have to pick somebody there. You can use that for other trade value. You never know what can happen a few years from now. But that would that would still be my probably my third best case scenario with the Eagles at six. The worst case scenario, as I'm thinking, is going to happen now more and more after just after seeing what happened today. Is I really think the Eagles may draft another quarterback at six, and that would just really incense everybody even further. I am going to ask Dave Zagaro that, by the way, about yeah. uh, ab- about that, uh, whether they're going to draft somebody else. Um, here's what Indy owes Carson Wentz. They're going to owe him a $10 million roster bonus. They're going to owe him $15.4 million in guaranteed salary. The cap hit's going to be $25.4 million. In 2022... 22 million in salary, 15 of it, which is guaranteed. Um, believe it or not, it's only a $1,000 roster bonus and a $22 million cap hit. 2023, it's 20 million in salary, 5 million roster bonus, $25 million cap hit. 2024, 21 million in salary, $5 million roster bonus, and $24 million cap hit. Philip Rivers, by the way, just played one year for $25 million with the Colts. Okay. So this is about what they were paying their previous quarterback is $25 million. So they're just doing the same, you know, same thing, just giving it to a younger version in Wentz. And I am going to ask Dave Zagaro, let's be honest. I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility the Eagles don't draft, I mean, end up drafting a quarterback at six? 
And why do I sense that that guy would might be Trey Lance? Because <laughs> here, here's the issue you have. When you have management that has a tendency to act like they're a little smarter than everybody else, right? That's where a guy like Trey Lance ends up getting picked. Right? I totally could see that scenario. Plus, you have a new head coach, too. He may want his own guy. You're such a defeatist. (laughs) I mean, but here's why. I mean, even if you didn't have Jalen Hurts, let's say you had somebody else, regardless of what the situation is, look at who's going to be on the board most likely at six. Three big-time receivers. A good offensive tackle you can build the future with. Let me throw this out there, though. What if Justin Fields is that guy? I still would say no. I wouldn't. I would say no to Trey Lance in a heartbeat. I wouldn't say no to Justin Fields. I just think based on... I I know it's only a small sample size, but I think there's some things to work with with Jalen Hurts if you give him the weapons that he needs. The Eagles need to learn from what they just, all the mistakes they just made with Wentz and not do the same with Hurts. And bringing in a guy, especially like Justin Fields, would just keep the wheels turning on this whole mess. To be honest with you, I'm, I am far from sold on Jalen Hurts. Far from it. Doesn't mean it can't be wrong, but um, I'm not just uh, I'm not I'm not sold on him yet. I think Devonte Devonte Smith is the best player in this draft, and if he's there at six, the Eagles must take him. Well, but here's the other part too. Say you're say Hertz is the guy you're committed to. Let's go back to my original scenario. There might be somebody that's aching to get to six to pick one of those quarterbacks. And if you're not going to pick the quarterback, depending on what their trap position may be, I think you have to consider it. If you yourself are not going to draft a quarterback and somebody is just aching to get there. Make a deal. And don't make it simple. Get multiple picks. Look, your team is in bad shape. It's it's hard to think of it this way. It's hard to think of it this way, but in reality, you actually do have the worst team in the NFC East. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. And not only that, you have a long, long way to go to get back. I mean, a long way. And it's not, it's, you know, is it somebody's fault? Yeah, I know you want to assign fault. I think, I think the team got older and it happened faster than maybe some people realized. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Gear Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. Great sales department. Service department that backs it all up. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. It is Thon Weekend. And several uh, NFL players will be surprising children and families who are fighting cancer during this year's virtual thon. One of them is one of my favorite people out there without question, Mike Gesicki of the Miami Dolphins. Mike, great to hear you, my friend. Steve, what's going on, man? Uh, really appreciate you having me on. It's great to have you on, as a matter of fact. First of all, where are you right now? Are you in Florida right now? I am in uh, Fort Lauderdale, so I'm uh, I'm avoiding all of the snow and the cold weather that you guys are going through right now. <laughs> it's a far cry <laughs> from Jersey, brother. That's a far yeah, cry from Jersey. Yeah, definitely a far away from up. Jersey. <laughs> well, first of all, the cause of Thon, you and your teammates here at Penn State were always so active with this, and we're going to hear from Amani Oruwariye coming up as well, uh, but. What does what does this cause mean, and how much did you learn about it? And then once you really learned about it and got involved in it, what did it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, Thon is something that's you know very important to me as well as you know every other Penn Stater out there. Um, you know, when when you get on campus as a freshman, you know you hear about it, and uh, you, know, you truly don't understand how special it is until you know you're you're in the BJC and um, you know you're uh, you know taking part of you know that and that that great weekend and you know everything that goes into it um but i think that you know the the preparation and you know the people that are fundraising and you know the people that are going from door to door and all that kind of stuff that you know goes on months and months before uh you know before those 46 hours uh you know take place um you know they deserve a ton of credit as well um but you know overall obviously it is truly special um a truly special event to be a part of when you walked into the Jordan Center for the first time to see it, I'm going to assume you probably were still a true freshman at that point. Mm-hmm. What hit you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it was my freshman year. Um, had the uh, had the athletes come up and do their dance and all that kind of thing, and uh, you know, just to to be in there and you know see that atmosphere and just see um, you know the Penn State community you know come together as one. Uh, for an entire weekend for such an unbelievable cause for you know these uh for these children and for their families um you know you see you see smiles you see tears you see you see every emotion in that um in the BJC you know during those times and uh you know it, it truly you know goes full circle and um uh like I said you know it's something special to be a part of you're in the process now of carving out the kind of pro career that I think Jack Ham and I both thought you were going to have. Uh, you had to make tr- the transition, though. How did Penn State prepare you to allow you to make the transition to being a pro? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that you know that's something that kind of Penn State preaches in the recruiting process, and uh, and it's something that a lot of teams do. But I don't know, 
that you know lives up to their word but i know penn state does um you know they they prepare you in every way possible whether it's life whether it's academics whether it's athletically um so they do everything and anything in their power to that you can be um so you know not only did you know the the football aspect you know prepare me for my career and you know um you know helping me make plays on sundays all that kind of stuff but you know it also you know taught me how to you know handle different situations um you know how to be you know more mature you know i grew up a lot in state college um you know so i think just you know a ton of different ways that uh you know penn state uh you know helped you know mold me into who i am today now experience in the league also means something where were you better this past season just because you had experience under your belt yeah, absolutely. I think you know, um, you know, the more you play, and you know, the more years, and you know, the more games that um, that you're a part of, uh, the game just kind of slows down. So you know, you just see things happen before they before they you know actually do happen in real in real life time. Uh, you're able to read defenses quicker. You're able to you know just kind of you know run routes differently. See how things are you know unfolding in front of you. I know it's you know kind of like cliche, and you know that's you know what people say happens, but it's true. Um, you know, that's why you see a lot of guys that have been in the league for a really long time. Um, you know, maybe they're a little bit older, so they're a little bit slower, not as strong, just that the other thing. But, uh, you know, they have a lot of the uh, the mental capacity uh, of, of the game, so they're able to still go out there and make plays each and every week because of, you know, of all the experience that they have. And, you know, I think that puts them at, a, uh, at an extreme advantage. The Dolphins are an interesting situation. I mean, they end up being a double-digit win team. I think you what you won ten this year, and you just missed out in the playoffs. Meanwhile, in the NFC, if you have seven wins, you win the division and you're in. But that's a different story. But the direction of the program is interesting. What kind of confidence is there now in Dolphins football, just based on what you guys did this past season? Yeah, I think that there's a ton of confidence in uh, in our team and our organization, and uh, and as it should be. You know, uh, you know, Coach Flores has done a phenomenal job since he got down here. Um, you know, just kind of building the uh, the chemistry, building this atmosphere down here in South Florida. Um, and then uh, you know, a lot of you know, all the guys in in the locker room have done a you know phenomenal job. Um, you know, just buying in and doing what they're supposed to do, um, and creating you know a uh, a culture down here uh, in South Florida that. You know our fans deserve, and you know, everybody that supports the Miami Dolphins uh, deserve. So, uh, you know, we're excited to continue to grow, develop, and uh, you know, just keep building on it. Which now brings us to the next part: uh, Tuatunga Viola fits. Uh, interesting. What have you learned being around each? Because look, putting you in the middle is not gonna, is the right not the right thing here. What have you learned from working with each guy? Yeah, uh, you know, they're both, you know, extremely professional. Um, I think it just goes back to, you know, about experience. Um, you know, Fitz is obviously a phenomenal, you know, teammate. Um, has had a ton of success in, in the in the NFL. He's helped me out a ton, you know, helping me, you know, learn and grow and develop. Uh, so I give him a ton of credit. And then Tua did a phenomenal job as well, you know, from the second that he got on the field, uh, you know, going out there, making plays, playing with confidence, playing fast, you know, being a leader as a young guy. Um, and then, you know, I think our relationship, you know, grew and can, and continued to, uh, you know, build week in and week out. Um, so, I mean, I love playing with him, loved playing with Fitz when, you know, when he was in there. Um, and I think that, that speaks volumes to our locker room. You know, a lot of guys, um, you know, handled everything, you know, with, with maturity, with class, and, and with professionalism. So, uh, you know, you got to tip your hats off to them as well. 
Uh, you know, no question. How anxious are you to not only get back on the field, but to get on the field with a full house? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's I can't wait, man. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be great. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there's some things that you know still have to take place in order to get there. You know, I think that hopefully things continue to move in the right direction, and um, you know, hopefully we can get our fans back in the back in the stadium. You know, kind of get that atmosphere again. Um, so, uh, you know, as long as things continue to move the, in the direction that they are and, uh, you know, people continue to be safe and all that kind of stuff, uh, definitely something that all of us athletes, you know, not just football, but basketball, baseball, everything, um, and then the fan aspect as well, you know, from their uh, point of view, I think everybody's excited. Um, so uh, it's definitely something to look forward to. I don't think the Marlins' attendance has changed at all. No, it's a different story. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, finally, back to the original point that we had, and that was talking about Thon. In this virtual weekend, what are you encouraging people to do? Yeah, I think the biggest part um, of this entire you know weekend is obviously you know you know understanding the the big picture of you know why uh, you know this weekend's taking place. Um, you know, helping out you know, all these families and, you know, acknowledging, um, you know, their overall situation and what kind of what they've gone through. Um, and then, you know, just bringing awareness to it so they can, uh, so people can continue to donate, people can continue to help. Um, and I think that the more awareness that's brought to, to Thon and to this situation and, you know, to, you know, all of these children and their families, um, you know, with, uh, with this cancer, um, I think that that's something that, you know, the more people that are uh, are aware of it, it's just going to continue to grow and build and help. Um, so, you know, I can't I can't say enough about you know those those children and those families. Um, you know how strong, how inspirational they are. Um, so, uh, just going to continue to you know play my very very small part. Mike, you're special. Always have been. Always will be. Appreciate it very much, my friend. All right, Steve. I appreciate it, man. Enjoy that snow up in State College, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. enjoy the sunshine in Fort Lauderdale, Michael. <laughs> yeah, will do. I'll talk to you soon. Mike Kosicki of the Miami Dolphins. We'll come back with more in a moment. Matt is not done yet. I guess when I was talking to Mike, he was ranting to the staff about the Carson Wentz trade. Yeah. I begged you to get therapy. I did. We may have to start over again. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Thank you. 
Great to have you with us on the show today. Amani Oyewarie joins us tomorrow from the Detroit Lions. Looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, so that will be coming up on tomorrow's show. The uh, we were going to uh, uh, we were going to have on uh, Carson Wentz, but. You know, then he heard Matt was the coast and declined. I just I don't get it. <laughs> I I don't get it. You're developing a a rep. You know when we're talking about um, the mid, the middle twenties. Say the Eagles trade down. Could they get Matt? You know, could they get no? Could they get Mac Jones in the second round? See, I don't think Mac Jones is going to be available in the second round. And the reason is this. Quarterbacks get overvalued in this league. And a quarterback that probably is a second-round pick ends up being a first-round pick because you have to have quarterbacks in this league. You just have to. And because of that, I think a guy that you would logically think is a second-round pick a lot of times ends up being a first-round pick because you'll have somebody reach to say, look, i got to pick a quarterback now, and I and if I wait till the second round, he's going to be gone. So that's why I think he's got a chance to be a mid-to-late first-round pick and not a second-round pick. Now, you can still do it. You can make a deal with somebody uh, that wants that sixth overall pick where you get their first-round pick this year and their first-round pick next year. Now, obviously, the Rams aren't available to make that deal (laughs) anymore (laughs) because they just give away first-round picks like water at a 10K. Here you go. (laughs) Never seen anything like that team. They give away their first-round picks all over the place. But they have Matt... uh, They have... uh, Matthew Stafford now. As for Wentz, he's going to get a second chance. And he's going to get a second chance with somebody he obviously trusts. That's important. Trust means everything. Now, what are the Eagles going to do? Again, I'm like I thought Wentz uh, excuse me I thought Hertz did okay but you know what the interesting thing about Hertz is that as time went I felt like his his performance declined as time went in the four games I don't know what you thought I mean you you watched and now I don't know how much you watch when you're throwing things at the TV set but <laughs> I'm always watching attentively as I'm doing that and See, I, I I think there I think there's something there that they can work with. And I do like the way he carries himself a lot. So I, I like I said, I, I think if you give him the tools, I think you can win with him. I do think that. I don't know. Um it, 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 there's a lot of reasons why I don't know. I think he throws the ball okay. He's okay. He obviously moves well. Um, but I thought that as time went, 
I thought as time went, I didn't feel like he got better. Now it's only four games. It's only four games. All right. So I got that part. Uh, and but you can't have a six touchdown, four interception deal. I mean, that's a little too. I don't know. I thought he got. I mean, what did he complete? What fifty-two percent of his passes? That sound right? I think so. Yeah, somewhere around there. But see that in this league, that doesn't cut it. You got to be. You got to be sixty-three percent or higher in this league. You really do. Um, and I think that is... I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm not there yet with him. I mean, but he's your guy. As of now, yeah. Oh, no, he's your guy forever. <laughs> this is it. We'll see come April. See, I think they are going to draft somebody else. That's just me. I I do think so as well. All right, so he goes out. Then what did he play in? But the last four games. Okay, so he starts... So he, so he started the last four games, right? So they beat New Orleans. All right, he goes 17 to 30. All right. He didn't have a single game this season. Okay? In fact, you know what his highest completion percentage was? His first, his first start. 56.7. Next start, 54.5. Next start, 53.8. Last start, 35%. His completion percentage went down every game. He had one touchdown pass and three interceptions in his last two starts. Now, they faced New Orleans, good team. Arizona, decent team. Dallas, no. Washington, decent. They only faced one really good team. Right? And that's New Orleans. And New Orleans was heading south at that point. In fact, did, did Breeze play in that game or was that Taysom Hill? That was Taysom Hill. That was his last start. So he throws one touchdown, three interceptions, his last two starts. He completes 28 of his last 59 passes. That's not good. He gained 106 yards rushing against New Orleans. Same thing, though. All his rushing numbers went down the next every game. See, the one thing you get concerned about when you're in this situation is that what do defensive coordinators do? They watch... Video. 
And as they watch video, they come up with what you do and what you don't do. Well, he made four starts, and his numbers got worse every start. My real main concern is his playing the second half overall, especially the Dallas game. I think that was probably the worst I saw, worst football I see him. I saw him play of, of those four starts. That's why I'm not totally there yet either. But I think there's some things to work with. See, I wasn't big on them drafting him to begin with, so maybe I'm jaded by that. I thought, well, I don't quite get this. Then they started playing him, and I was like, I don't quite get this. Then I realized it helped my team, so then I got it. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that the wrong way to go here? JT Real Muto, by the way, out a month, broken thumb.